Pizza Hut versus Domino's, Apple versus Android, Starbucks and Dunkin', Uber and Lyft, they're all the classic giants going against each other. But I think it all starts way, way back when you try to compare them to the battle of sales versus marketing. However, as time has gone on, we've realized that sales and marketing, they really only succeed if each other succeed. And so today we're gonna answer the question of, can I get my sales and marketing teams to collaborate? This is Solving Inbound. All right, welcome back to another episode of Solving Inbound. My name is Connor Delaney, joined by the wonderful John Becker. And today we are answering the question, how can I get my sales and marketing teams to collaborate? Um, so John, I've got some, some areas that I want to cover today. I want to cover the history of sales versus marketing. Um, I want to answer the question of how can they start get started with collaborating? Because really, that's a a big ask. And then we're going to leave them with a, with a main takeaway today to make sure that you can get started, whether you're a CEO, you're entry level. We want to make sure that you have one specific act and get going. John, sound good? Sounds good. Cool. All right, John. So we're going to write the whole story of what the history of sales versus marketing is. Um, we're going to take about 45. No, I'm going to put three minutes on the clock. And for those that are are listening, you can see that I have three minutes on, on my phone. John, I'm going to give us three minutes to explain sales versus marketing and, and I'll kick it off and then I'll throw it over to you and we'll get some color commentary in. Um, all right. So timer is going, we got two minutes and 58 seconds. So, um, typically with sales versus marketing sales looks at it and says, I'm bringing in all the money and marketing is spending all of that money so that they can try to bring more people in. But typically sales sees it as Marketing is spending our money to bring in bad leads that we can then waste our time on. And then marketing, they feel heartbroken by that. They're like, hey, I'm putting in all this effort and I'm feeling underappreciated by the sales team who I'm really trying to work for. And again, I speak from the perspective of a marketer. John and I are both marketers. So we both, we look at it and say, we're doing all the dirty work and sales is just racking it up. Um, but often that's how sales versus marketing is viewed. And that's often how they've worked over the years. And again, over the centuries, as we've framed it now that they've lived forever. Um, John, does that sound about right for you? Yeah, absolutely. I think sales is seen as the lifeblood of the organization. Everyone celebrates a big sale, a big deal coming in. Sales obviously gets the commission check, gets the glory, as you're saying. And I think sales looks at marketing and sees it as, you know, maybe kind of a waste. The leads that come through marketing aren't so good, or, or most of them aren't so good. And marketing on the other side feels like they're working hard to produce the leads that they, that they do. It sure isn't easy. And they're seen again, as you said, as an expense, sales is revenue. Marketing is expense. But I think as we know that today in the buying process, the, the line between marketing and sales is blurred. It's not as clear as it once was where, you know, suddenly you talk to a salesperson and, and um, they're helping you learn about their options, your options and, and learn about the offerings of the company. No, people are doing self-education uh, before they talk to sales and they're doing that via the materials presented by marketing. So there's less black and white than maybe there was 15 years ago. And now more and more, I guess what we're seeing, or at least what we're hoping to see, but perhaps not seeing enough of is 
in the past, like I think about the physical office, I came from a corporate marketing environment where sales worked on their side of the building and marketing worked on theirs and they really didn't talk to each other. And believe it or not, and I know this sounds crazy, it's really hard to collaborate when you don't talk to each other. Um, and, and I think that's where we're really going to need to start today with how they collaborate is, is by figuring out how do we get sales and marketing to actually start talking to each other. And John, we actually were 20 seconds early, which means that we really, we were pretty concise and on point with that. So that's the history of sales and marketing. But to start answering the question of how they collaborate, um, I want to I want to preface it by saying it's a slow process. Like we we do coaching and training um, with sales and marketing teams, and it's never a night and day difference, like overnight rather an overnight difference of all right now we're just going to all work together. Like you can't just force it to happen. It has to be a slow and steady progress um, process to make progress on it. Um, and so we, we often recommend starting pretty small. Um, and by starting small, that means don't get your entire team focused on this. You know, certain organizations are going to be, you're going to have one salesperson and one marketing person. Other organizations are going to have 50 salespeople and 50 marketing people. It's going to be really hard to take those larger teams in particular and just say, start talking, start working together, figure it out. Um, you want to start with like identifying a key player. And we, we define a key player um, as someone who's really going to have influence over the other team. So this could be a sales leader. This could be a marketing leader. Whoever's really going to sit at the table and say, for us to get sales and marketing to collaborate, we need to take charge. We need to take the lead. Um, and, and start to develop the strategy and the techniques to get that going. And once those people are in the room, they might have a bitterness to each other. They might just be like, I don't know why we don't work together. More and more often, as you were prefacing, John, they don't, it's not that they don't want to work together anymore. They've just kind of been trained not to, or they've, they're used to not doing it. Um, and that, that's really where it starts is let's get those key people in a room together and say, let's put together a strategy. And, and John, what do you think the first step of that strategy should look like? I think the most valuable currency in any business is time. You know, mm -hmm. that, that's, that's the most valuable thing that we have. That's the most valuable thing we can give each other. And if you are a business who is serious about bringing your sales and marketing teams together and I think it's important to know that, that there are incredible financial benefits to doing so. But if you're serious about it, you have to devote the time necessary to make it happen. Relationships don't happen overnight. You don't become friends with someone or trust someone just because someone else tells you to. You have to develop those, re those, those relationships over time. And it depends on the leadership of the organization to say, not only is this a priority, but we are going to devote the necessary time to it. It's not going to happen overnight, but we're going to say like, yes, sales, we want you to take 30 minutes a week and do this, meet with marketing, read marketing materials, something like that. Marketing, same thing. Take an hour a week, watch sales calls, brainstorm with sales, et cetera. So I do think there's a, a, an important role that leadership plays in all of this to not just give it the lip service and say this is important, but to you know, kind of pony up the time necessary so that people actually can do this without feeling like they're just more stressed with more on their plate and have to get more done. Now they have another hour meeting each week that they have to go to. Right. Make sure the value is clear for them, 100%. Um, you know, the other, the other piece here is like, we're not asking, we're not 
I'll step back. When it comes to collaborating, you don't have to, like leadership should be leading the charge. They should be the ones that are orchestrating it and making sure it's happening. They probably aren't the ones that are boots on the ground doing that work. Um, and that typically starts with someone that we like to call like a champion of the organization or a champion of the team. The person who is on marketing and probably open to working with sales or on the sales team and open to working with marketing, start with that one and one Start with how can those two people kind of start to set the example. Um, and so often when we see organizations working together, they they find that marketing person and they might be the person that brings the idea to leadership. And they say, okay, marketing, let's call them, I'll call them John. So John goes to his director, uh, Connor, obviously. And then, and Connor says, Hey, John's got a point. I'm going to pull in Zach and Zach and Connor are going to go chat about this. And I'm going to come back to John and say, John, I want you to be the champion of this. And Zach's identified someone named Chris. And now Chris and John are going to work together every single day or you know as often as they need to to make sure that marketing and sales are on the same page and once that champions in place it makes it really easy for you to then celebrate the wins you know you brought up celebrating a sales win and that's super common in any organization but when a salesperson can celebrate that a marketing individual had a huge deal like a, played a huge part in closing a nice deal for the organization like then you can say, that's the example. We want to put a crown on that. We want to put a nice golden star on that and say, that one's the one that we want to have a lot more of. And people, you know, salespeople are competitive. They'll always want to play into that. And marketing people, they want to collaborate. They want to be recognized. We talked about them being underappreciated. They want to be recognized for their work. And salespeople want to win. They want to make money. They want to you know, be on the top of the board and be recognized for their efforts too. So when we can start to identify those champions, it really moves forward. But John, you brought up a really, if you don't mind, I don't know if you had any future commentary on that. Um, yeah, i make it. sure before. Okay, cool. You brought up the idea of like watching sales calls. Um, and you know, often we don't, when we think of professional development, it's like, go read a book, go to a conference that you think you'll get some benefit out of. But watching a sales call, you know, you brought this up to me, and I think this is a big part of what you do in your job nowadays, too, as a revenue and features editor, is you're watching sales calls, and then you're pulling input from that. Can you take us through why that could be considered professional development, but also is just so important to this whole collaboration? Yeah, absolutely. And it goes back to, you know, some of the misperceptions from sales and how they look at marketing. I think there is the perception that marketers are out of touch that they don't really speak to the buyers. They don't really interact with customers. They're you know, maybe a little bit removed from the real work of the business. They're not doing product development. They're not doing um, service delivery. They're just talking about it. And I make a point every week to spend at least an hour watching sales calls. It is invaluable for me as a marketer to hear directly from our customers, telling us exactly what they're struggling with, what they're dealing with, why they, are, why they need our help, why they are not able to bring in the revenue they're hoping for, why they have some challenge, like whatever it is. And I bring that back to the writing that I do, whether I'm writing you know, an email or an article or website copy, whatever it is. If I have those buyer questions in my mind, then I know I'm speaking to my to the customers. I don't have to guess like I, I think marketers sometimes have to do, or you know they're doing kind of broad market research. I can hear the, the questions directly from, 
you know, from the, the customers. And, and I think like on, on the flip side, I think sales should be doing sort of the same thing. If, if marketing launches a new webpage, if marketing publishes a new article or, or an ebook, taking even half an hour a week and, and reading those to make sure that you're, that what marketing is saying lines up with what sales is saying. Either one needs to switch to the other or you need to collaborate to make sure that it's um, consistent because ultimately we wanna provide a seamless experience to our buyers so that they, the, the messaging that they're encountering when they're finding your website for the first time and then they're hearing in the sales process is the same. So yes, absolutely. I think marketers should be watching sales calls and sales reps should be paying attention to what marketing is putting up. You brought up the, I love the idea of that seamless experience for your buyer. You know, we talk like in the beginning, we talked about like it's sales versus marketing. It's like team A versus team B. Really it's team A plus team B. I don't want to say versus your buyer, but the concept of like, you should be working together towards a common goal of, of making your buyer have such a great and aligned experience that they can't say no to working with you. And that, that you're right. Like if, if a salesperson goes and reads an article or watches a video that your marketing team created and they're like, this isn't what we actually talk about. Like what value does that article or video bring? Because then you can imagine let's say a month down the road when that lead comes in and the salesperson says, so this is how we do things around here. And then they, they're, they know that buyer brings up, Oh, I read this article and it says, this is how it works. Like one that doesn't look professional, but two, who's going to be more upset, the buyer or your sales team, like your sales team is going to be pretty frustrated that they had this lead in the bag and then they're getting conflicted with marketing. Um, but when everything's aligned, your buyers experiencing a team effort, to work with them. They're not experiencing the sales team. They're not experiencing the marketing team. They're experiencing, for our example, the impact team, or they're experiencing the, I don't know, the best buy team, whatever. You get the idea. You're experiencing your company versus experiencing a part of it. I'm rambling a little bit. Forgive me, John. No, I, I, I think you're exactly right. And there are other small steps <clears throat> that that marketing and sales can take to start to move towards that shared existence where there is a seamless experience for buyers, when, where, where you do feel like one team. Um, and you and I had talked to a few of these before we started recording. Um, you know, one is that, that obviously maybe on, on pause a little bit as, as depending on where the pandemic is when you listen to this, but I think there are other ways that there, that professional development can be, can be shared and collaborative. And, you know, whether it's like reading shared books or reading the same articles and talking about them or going one step further and having someone from the sales team attend a marketing conference with your marketing team or with your marketers or vice versa. So it, it starts giving people a shared language. They can be excited about the same things. They can also just spend time together and start to build that collegial relationship that's going to allow them to, like you said, not be on different sides of the building, but to actually be on the same team. 100%. You know, one final, one final thing I'll throw out there, and we mentioned it uh, as we were diving into how exactly to make this work, is it's a slow process, but you have to recognize when wins are happening. And, and I think that's the last, the last kind of key point for how to get this collaboration to start is you have to recognize when something goes right, where those two teams are working together. And you know, you could develop milestones, you can develop goals, but there's really small 
wins that start to happen. And John, you mentioned like, I watched the sales call and this really great tidbit came out and I wanted to share that I'm going to be writing an article on that. Or, hey, I read this like article that you wrote and I'm like really excited to share it with a prospect I'm working with. Like those are huge wins that they might not be the revenue driving wins that we want. They might not be like, oh, I just closed this amazing deal. But like that's significant progress because it probably wasn't happening before that initial effort was made. Um, And someone put in the time to read an article, to watch a call. Um, And you have to recognize those those milestones and say, this is progress, because that's the only way that you're going to get the rest of your teams to be working together on this. 100%. 100%. It's it's sharing, you know, the reality is that, that when, when anyone buys from your company, most likely they have a ton of touch points before they get to a sale. And, and it might be, it might start on social media. It might start on, on YouTube. It might start in a Google search result. It might start word of mouth from a previous customer. You know, there are so many ways into your sales process. Um, and it can be hard to chart all of them, but when we acknowledge that all of those touch points are, are part of one experience, then we start to realize that these teams are not as separated as, as we might think, uh, and, and putting them on opposite sides of the building, putting them like completely separated, tracking different numbers, not talking to each other. I think it's a recipe that will ultimately result in, in frustration and inconsistency and, and loss of revenue, frankly. Um, even though it feels natural to put them apart, I think you reap, you reap what you sow and, and spending the time and, and committing to bringing them together will pay dividends in the long run. And I think that's our main takeaway from this conversation. You know, Collaboration starts when time is put in. And I think Nothing can truly happen if you don't make the time and the effort for something to happen. It won't naturally just occur. It's not like some shooting star is going to shoot across the sky and then you're going to see it happen. Um, But if time and effort are not put in, sales and marketing collaboration will not happen. And if the wins aren't recognized and the time isn't taken for you to recognize and celebrate those wins either then success will not continue to happen. I think that that rounds out this conversation um, where we answered the question, how can I get my sales and marketing teams to collaborate? This has been another great episode of Solving Inbound. We hope that you enjoyed. Um, And until next time, my friends, we'll see you later.